podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. to have you with us tuning in online. Although we're not physically together, um, we have been able to worship together and that's a privilege, isn't it? We're able to just lift high the name of Jesus, different to guess what we're, we're used to, uh, but by the Lord's goodness, we're still able to do that. And we've done that as one voice and that's amazing. We're continuing today through our new series, which is indeed called New. So much new has happened over the past few weeks, but already you may have noticed that the new things are becoming the day-to-day. They're becoming familiar and we're getting used to the things that only a few weeks were really new and now becoming familiar and the newness has worn off just a touch like a new pair of white trainers. I don't know whether, the, uh, whether you've ever been out and uh, acquired such a thing, but uh, the first time you wear them, oh, they are so new. <laughs> but it doesn't take long, does it, before the rain comes and the new trainers that were so beautiful, pristine and white are all of a sudden turned into, well, mucky trainers. Uh, it doesn't last for long. The newness doesn't last for long. Today, we're going to have a look in Isaiah chapter 43 and just have a look at verse 18 through 21. It's a a real famous line which comes from the New Testament and this is the passage that it comes from. We're forgetting the former things. We're not dwelling on the past and the line is, see, I'm doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing and he says through his prophet Isaiah, Let Israel know I am doing a new thing. And this line in truth could work for any number of messages or any number of series. But today what we want to do is find out what God is saying through his word to the time that was when it was written, but also to us today in 2020. God is quite clear what he's saying in these moments and what he's talking about. Context is so important. I don't know whether you've ever received a a text message, if people still send text messages now. Is it WhatsApp? I think that's much more up to date. Um, But if you've ever received a, a message, and you can read it in so many different ways, and sometimes, if we're not careful, text messages or WhatsApp messages can be misinterpreted, that the heart behind the message wasn't ever meant to upset or to make somebody feel bad, but the way that it looks when it's written down comes across like that to the reader. And what was meant to be a harmless something turns into something that can be hurtful and upsetting. That's quite a regular thing in the world that we live in today. We can get a message and not grasp or understand the heart or even the the face behind the message. And that's tough and we can sometimes get hurt and upset. So our context here today is that God is telling his people through Isaiah, a prophet, something bigger and better is coming. Something beyond their imagination, something beyond their understanding. 
God is reminding them also how he's rescued his people Israel, how he's saved them. But he's about to show them that salvation is coming to them through a way that they could never have anticipated. Sometimes then, as we dig into this passage and we read it together, sometimes if we keep this in mind, we have to think and understand that God doesn't always do things the way that he always has. We can't put God into a box. Sometimes we need to forget the past and we need to see a new direction, a new way, and that God can do indeed a new thing. So listen, let's read it together. It'll be up on the screen. It says this, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. And we pray that the Lord will just bless the reading of his word today. Something new was about to happen for Israel. And God wanted them to reset their thinking. It's, it's tough, isn't it, to see a new way when you've built up, I guess, your memory bank, if you like, of particular things, a particular pattern. We can get caught in thinking that that's what it is. And I said just a few moments ago that we can put God into a box and we can say, well, that's what we know. That's how God operates and if we're not careful, we can miss the new thing. We can miss the new way. And here, God is preparing his people through his prophet Isaiah that not don't get your mind caught in what you think you know, but rather understand that God can do the completely different and opposite to what you think. Uh, Paul tells us in Ephesians that he's the God of the immeasurably more. Sometimes we can think this is how much God can do, but he's the God of the immeasurably more. We can't put him in a box. We cannot place God in a box. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the God who put the stars into space, it's impossible to contain him. It's impossible to think that he can't do the impossible. Something new was about to happen for Israel. Israel had seen in their history so much war and violence and so much hostility towards them. And they were in exile again due to the Persians at this time, or the time that was to come as well. They had to fight and see God work for them, see God delivering them through the moments. And they placed God in this box of this is how God works, this is how it's going to be, this is how it's always been, this is how we know, as they thought, what's coming next. And the truth in these moments is that because they had their mind on the past, they were struggling to see what God had got in store for the future. And complacency can creep in. 
And, and if we're also honest today together, that complacency can sometimes turn into apathy. And, and I, I, it just is. And that's, I'm just going to let it be. And God's saying through Isaiah, tell my people that to forget the former things, don't dwell on the past, but I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to do a new thing. Listen to what he says in, just go back a few verses in verse 16 and 17. This is what the Lord says. He says, he who made a way through the sea, and we know indeed he did that as he rescued Israel from the Egyptians, that as they passed through the Red Sea, that the waters were parted. Israel passed through on dry land and the waves came back in and defeated the Egyptian army. A path through the mighty waters. Verse 17. Who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together? And they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. God's saying, look, I delivered you. This is what I did. I, I, I rescued you. And I've continued to do this. You've seen this throughout your history, Israel. This is what I've done for you. I've brought you out of captivity. I've rescued you from the hands of the oppressors. I've saved you time and time and time again. This is what I've done. And then one of the oddest things that perhaps you can read in Scripture, verse 18, that God says to his people, remember what I've done. Now forget. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Verse 18. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Look what I've always done for you. Yes, now forget them. Not as in forget them as in I've completely put them out of my mind. But don't put God in a pattern that says this is what's going to happen. We'll just have to wait for this to happen. That God will do this because that's what he's always done. Yes, he will rescue his people. But do not think for a second that we know what God has got in mind. Who can know the mind of the Lord, the word tells us? Nobody can. So don't place him in a box and think, I know what's going off today in 2020. I get it, I understand it. We have no idea, but we do have faith in one that absolutely does. He has a purpose and a plan, and that is to be fulfilled regardless or in spite of you and me and anything else that seems to be thrown in the way. We can't put God in a box. He says, do not dwell on the past. In other words, don't put me in a box. I'm far beyond containment. I'm far beyond your understanding. In the immediate, in this scenario here, as Isaiah is getting the word from the Lord, God was about to raise up an enemy. He was about to raise up a Persian king called Cyrus who would give Israel freedom and would rebuild, believe it or not, the temple in Jerusalem. God was about to raise up an enemy to bring about his purposes for his children Israel. Let me say that again. God was about to raise up an enemy king to bring about his purpose for his children Israel. Now that's incredible, because that is a new thing. We've seen time and time again God rescuing his people through heartache and pain, through war, and, and trying to get away from the oppressor. And now the oppressor is about to free Israel, and not only that, but rebuild the temple. 
That is a new thing. In the immediate, we see that God is saying, I'm going to do something that you've not even begun to think could ever possibly happen. And Cyrus wasn't going to build, rebuild Jerusalem for his own personal gain. He wasn't going to rebuild Jerusalem because he had faith in God. He wasn't going to do it because he was in agreement or was going to receive any kind of reward, but because God can use anyone. God can use anything in order to bring out his purpose and plan. Let me say that again to you today. Listen to what the word is saying to us. God can do anything through anything or any person in order to bring about his purpose and his will for his children. Oh, we have to listen to the word, don't we? Because if we don't, we can get caught up in a moment and think, where are we? What are we going to do? What a mess we find ourselves in. And God says, trust. Just trust. Hebrews 11 verse 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. God is absolutely in control, so we cling to our faith. And I say this today, God has got it. You can say today, we can declare today over all that we see about us that God is in control. And he says, look, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. God can use anyone or any situation. Do we believe that today? Do we believe that God can do the immeasurably more or have we placed him in a box? Well, today's the day. Break open the box. Stop trying to confine the God of the heavens and the earth. Stop trying to confine the God who placed the stars and the galaxies into being. Stop trying to confine the God who has created all things and know that he is bigger than anything that we've ever known or understood. He is bigger than anything that we see around about us. He is the God of the impossible. Listen, as we just see what happens in Israel's future in, in the immediate of this story and the, the years to come, in verse 44, uh, chapter 44 and verse 28, so just over the page or two in your Bible, it says this, who says of Cyrus, remember the Persian king, the enemy, who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please? He will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt. And of the temple, let its foundations be laid. Listen, God's saying, who would even possibly ever think that I could use an enemy king from an enemy empire and I could set about in him something that allows him to accomplish what God's purpose and plans in. Who could ever think that God could do that? Who could ever think that God could be that in control that this king of this empire will do exactly what God wants him to do? Verse 45, chapter 45 and verse 1. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him, to strip kings of their armour, to open doors before him, so that gates will not be shut. Listen, he's saying, I'm in control of this king. I'm in control of this empire. Don't worry, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Listen, 
to what he's saying. And also verse 4 of chapter 45. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow you on you a title of honour, though you do not acknowledge me. He's saying here of Cyrus, you're going to do what I want you to do. I'm going to bestow on you a title of honour. Even though you don't have faith in me, even though you don't acknowledge me as your God, you have no idea who I am. I am going to do a work through you. Oh, you see, God can use even what we think is impossible. God can bring about his plan. This is a new thing. God is preparing Israel for something that they could never have understood or believe was even remotely possible. That God was about to use this enemy empire, this enemy king, who doesn't acknowledge him as God, to accomplish freedom and salvation for Israel. And we know from history that what Isaiah here is prophesying about did indeed happen. Verse 40, uh, chapter 45, again in verse 13, says this, 45 and verse 13. I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free, but not for a price or reward, says the Lord Almighty. Cyrus will do what I want him to do, and my people will be able to worship in freedom the God of heaven and earth. Now that is a new thing. God made a way of salvation through this enemy king. And when we think and we draw a parallel between these moments and what happened when Jesus Christ was born, we can start to see that God is the God of the impossible. That Israel, that the Jewish nation were waiting for a king, a conquering king to arrive. A king who was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. A king who was going to come and conquer and take over and make a kingdom on earth. That's what they were waiting for. And in this moment, through the prophet Isaiah, God's saying to his people, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. And the new thing was, as we understand now, that God was going to send his son, Jesus Christ, his only son, to be born of a virgin. There was no room for this coming king, this king that would be born in a stable, this king that would be laid in a manger, this king that had nothing, the word tells us, to attract us to it. This king who didn't come on a noble steed, this king who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, this king who came wasn't coming just to save the, the Jewish nation. This king was coming to save the world. This king was coming to overthrow powers of darkness. This king was coming to overthrow sin and death. This king was coming for a far bigger mission than the children of Israel, the Jewish nation, could ever have perceived. And God's saying, don't dwell on the past. 
Forget the former things because I'm doing a new thing. And if you don't look, if you don't try and search for it, if you don't try and see that I'm the God of the immeasurably more, you'll never grasp that even in moments when it seems completely implausible that God is doing anything good, that he is working a plan of salvation for his children. He is working a plan of salvation for you and for me. And God has done just that through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God has made a way where there was no way. He's made a path through the wasteland. He has brought about salvation for Jew and Gentile, slave or free. The word tells us so clearly that it doesn't matter who we are, that if we put our faith in Christ, we can receive salvation. We can receive new life. And when you look in the word, there are times when you can think it's absolutely impossible. Yet here we are today, in 2020, if we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're saved, redeemed, set free. All because of the work of the cross, the impossible. How possible, how, how, how could it ever be that somebody dying on a cross as a, as a thief, as a liar, that somebody dying on a cross could be perfect and could be taken away and dealing with our sin, to be taking away our sin and our shame. And we know, don't we, that the grave couldn't hold our saviour, that after three days he rose again. How is it possible that that could be? Yet God has made a way where there was no way. God has made a way through the wasteland. God has provided for us a way of salvation as he did here for his children Israel. He's done a new thing. Not a king on a noble steed with a conquering army, but a king who was willing to give his life in your place and mine. That is a new thing. That is what God can do, that he has made a way. We can't box God. It's not possible for us to box him and put him into what we know as our confinements of what is even possible. We can't do that. We have to believe that he's in control. So many things are happening right now in 2020. It has been a random year to this point. And we can question everything and we can think what in, is going off what on earth is happening maybe just maybe we should believe that God is working that God is working his plan and his purpose through even an enemy maybe just maybe we can have faith to believe that he is in control, even when it seems like he's not. Even when it seems like everything is going in the opposite direction. That we can say, faith is being sure of what I hope for and certain of what I do not see. That in these moments where it feels like the enemy's in control, we can say, no, no, no. Because the word tells us, doesn't it, that Jesus Christ will build his church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. You see, we can stand here today. We can sit here today. We can get together today in a different way, yes. And we can say, well, I never saw this happening. 
See, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not yet perceive it? God is in control. And maybe, just maybe, he's working out his purpose and his plan through all that's going off. That he is in control of all things. And we just need to look forward and believe today that he is able. Let me read these verses and then we'll pray. Chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you here that we can see through history that you've had your hand on your people, that you've rescued in ways that were seemingly impossible, that you've delivered in ways that were seemingly impossible. Lord, you've made a way where there was no way. And Father, we are here today because of that impossible, because of that immeasurably more, that you would come down onto planet Earth dressed in human form, take our place on the cross, die in our stead, deal with our sin and our shame. And Father, too, as the grave could not hold the Lord Jesus Christ, that you defeated death. Lord, it's a new thing. And Lord, in these moments where we feel that we are overwhelmed, where we feel that it is out of control, may you just help us, Lord, to forget the former things, not to dwell on the past, to know that you're God and in control, and to know that you can do a new thing, that you can be working your purpose and your plan, even through these moments. Bless us now, we pray, Lord. Keep us safe, we ask. All of these things we bring before you in the name of our precious Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. We look forward to meeting together, being together very soon. But in the meantime, let's ask the Lord to help us to stay strong, to keep our eyes fixed on him and to know that faith is sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, I am doing a new thing. God bless. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.